0: JoeVerdigan.com, this podcast segment with Mouth and Little Mouth, Roger Miller and Eric Miller, brought to you by Munster Service Center. And as we move on here, uh, a radio show that Roger had uh, throughout the 90s, I want to say 92 to 97-ish, was called Let's, Let's Talk Eastern. And you, they kind of gave you a full reign, essentially, and you could be opinionated at times. Talk
1: about that radio show. Well, what it all entailed. The whole nine yards. We first started on an AM station, <coughs> WSPL, right. the first year, and then after that, their sister station evolved into a country station, B93, or something. Okay. We went to the FM side, but and it, it was at OMT, WMT, in Manitowoc for one year because the the manager from the Sheboygan station. Uh, brought it up to Manitowoc, took me with her, paid me more money and then oh, wow. it just didn't work out because I couldn't have time getting guests up there right. to Manitowoc, so we went back to Sheboygan, but it started in 92. <laughs> uh, I brought this 11-year-old kid with me that's sitting next to me <laughs> to be my, be my producer, so sure. to speak. Well, all he did was, he was sitting in a different studio, I think it was the newsroom at the time, I gave him a dry erasable board and a pencil, he'd answer the phone, who was on the phone when he took Collins after we talked to our, <coughs> our uh, So you had Fan Collins on oh, the yeah, show. We, we had oh, guests. I do remember we had, that. We had a get we gave racing results the first, you know, 10 15 minutes whoever had I sent them in to me, faxed them to me, and then we started interviewing our guest and then we started taking we talked to the guest for that next segment and then uh, we started taking phone calls. So, sure. we had a topic, we always had a topic or if the if the guest had a topic. So, Eric would answer the phone and it would put, you know, Bill on uh, line 1, Steve on 2 or whatever it was.
2: And that's how he got his start, technically, in radio. And so that was about it. yeah. So it was about ninety two. So I was I was eleven or twelve at the wow. time. And then that, that's crazy. And then being introduced to the radio staff, <laughs> um, we, um, <laughs> you got a gen- Sunday after- afternoon well, gig. Didn't ja- you? January January ninety four. Um, you know, in I would help out with sports from well, ninety two to ninety three. I helped out with high school basketball and football. I did uh, stats, and I was the halftime host. Oh, nice. On site, so I would. We'd go to a football game, like you know, Southwest and Sheboygan South, and I would do all the stats for both games. Okay. And I was 11, 12 years old, and I was my voice hadn't even really changed
0: yet. <laughs> right.
2: And and uh, so I would I would do the halftime show with uh, Barry the Bear Hirsch and, and Chris Harlow. That's where I got my start. Chris Harlow. And then in uh, wow. the ni- January 8th, of 1994, uh, I started just before I turned 14. So I had to get a workers' permit about a month or two mm-hmm. later. Wow. Uh, but I started working Sunday mornings. I did news, weather, and and that kind of parlayed into what is now roughly about a 30-year <clears throat> radio career wow. that, that I've had. I'm still in, in radio, still in, in local radio in in, uh, in the Plymouth area. I work for a country station uh, now there. But I've uh, I've worked at every single radio station that services Sheboygan County in the 30 years. Wow. Between uh, WLKN, <coughs> WHBL, WXCR. Uh, there's so many that I could name. Uh but I'm at uh, Galaxy Broadcasting in uh, Cal Country in, in Plymouth. I do the midday show, 9 to noon now. I've been doing that for the last two years. Uh, but that's uh, this night, uh, 2023 is starting my 30th year in radio. Wow. Back to you, Roger, now. Yeah. Did Eastern give you full support
1: with the show? It was actually, it was actually my deal. Eastern didn't pay me to do it. The radio okay. station paid me. Sure. I brought the sponsors <clears> in and handed over to the sales staff. And at one time, uh, they were making more money for that hour, on Monday nights from 6 to 7 than they did the whole entire day on Monday. Wow. So we had some pretty loyal sponsors all those years. And it was a good run. I, I mean, did I get a little flack for voicing my opinions? Yes, but I figured back then, 96, 97, I mean, uh, I was there since 76. I was there a long time. I, right. I, I, I had I had good tenure with them. Oh, sure. I knew what I was talking about. Oh, exactly. Apparently. So, so they, they just let me go. I mean, we tried to get a little edgy at times talking about stuff uh, the things that I cut off though were people would call in on the phone and they would complain about one driver and I'd, I'd just disconnect that phone call and move on to the next one because right. we didn't want any bashing on the radio You know, if something bad happened at the track we did talk about it but we didn't want to just because one fan didn't like the way Joe Blow drove that night, we weren't right. going to talk right.
0: about it. We weren't going to talk about it. Anymore.
1: So, like, were the drivers pretty
0: willing to go on there, too? Oh, it absolutely. gave their sponsors oh, a ton a- of extra press. Absolutely. Fate?
1: There were there were guys that were standing in line raising their hand. In fact, people asked me, when's it my turn? When's it going to be my turn? Sure. I want to be on the show. Well, you know, we got this many shows left. Would
0: and, they be in studio with you always absolutely. or on the phone? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. and being located somewhat close, so that
1: wasn't an issue I mean, then, eh? The Sheboygan studio on the south side, and except for that one year when we went to Manitowoc, and that, that year I had a hard time... <clears throat> Getting guys, but I did find you know like the Tushels and the Keels that lived up in that area. They oh could yeah, come down in and, and still come into the show. They were it was close by, you know.
0: Wow, looking back on that, do you have any memorable uh, episodes that stand out with any drivers that might have you know, stirred up a little bit uh, this, that, and the other thing? Eric is getting or, over here. All the Eric, uh, well, you got a smirk here. I mean, Talk to us you,
2: for those of you that know Brad <laughs> Miller. Uh, obviously, those those were pretty funny episodes. Uh, he was on once or twice, I think. Um, Dave the Budman Theobald. Uh, to get him kind of out, a little bit out of his comfort zone was was a good one, and right, he didn't like to
1: talk. He didn't like to talk much, like to no? talk
2: much but but uh, a very good friend, and we lost him way too soon. Uh, but you know, there there was just so many drivers that Randy Markward didn't like to talk a lot, but boy, he could he wheel a race car? You know, yeah. Brian Brian Gillis too. I mean, there was just so many so many good drivers and just really good personalities that that finally got to put themselves out in front of the fan base too. Right. oh yeah uh, that you know, i think that's what the benefit of that show was Is there was a lot of drivers that you know everybody and even even to this day i, I don't think that you're going to find many drivers that want to just pack up and load up before the kids come to the pit area but back <coughs> then you had 150 cars in the pit area and everybody stayed 45 50 minutes after the races were over because the kids would come in sit in the race cars and it was those same personalities that, you know, from a family interaction, you may only interact with your favorite driver, you know, <coughs> once or twice right. a, a year going to the pit area. But that interaction maybe made you a fan of somebody else because you're like, you know what, right. he's a really nice guy right? or he's oh, yeah. funny, you know. And, oh, yeah. and, I, and I think that did a lot for, for sponsors for a lot of racers, too, at, at, at the time frame. The thing that outstands, outstands in my mind was
1: we had a board of director member with a very distinct voice. He would call in every week. And he would use a a pseudonym, pseudonym or a fake yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Fake name and, that's awesome. And, and Eric. And I, everybody knew it was this board member. Yeah. And, but he just would go on and he'd use <clears throat> somebody else's
2: name. and he, So that, that's the thing
1: that stands out the most every single week he would call it. So on the
2: dry erase board, it would be his actual name, but then I would write the fake name above it. And it oh, was, sure. It was Steve
1: from Cola. Steve <laughs> you know? from Cola. Yeah. <laughs> you knew who <what> it was. <laughs> you though. knew what it was. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Bill Hufty's they yeah. call everybody. Yeah. And everybody knew about I mean, him. Yeah. anybody that ever was at the racetrack, because he was the chief hitster at the time. Right. And, you know, he would be yelling and screaming. Everybody would get lined up so everybody knew his distinctive voice. Right? So this
0: is in the 90s before any of this technology that we're, the fans are listening to now. Sure. Do you think that's this technology, I mean, there's good and bad in anything, what was one of the pros with it being back then? Local radio, local racing, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. You were giving the sport coverage on the radio. Was it the, the local print stations giving that same ju- due
1: justice uh, to the to the racing in Plymouth? I think that the Sheboygan Press at the time did run a very small article in the, the results in know, one column type, thing. right? And they had a little story. It wasn't something like the Midwest Racing News covered or whatever, right? But I, you know, there was a little coverage. But we, but at the show, we gave you know, we gave other results from other tracks. We gave WI, we gave Slinger results if they faxed it to me. We sure, gave Luxembourg or or <clears throat>
2: Seymour, or whatever, whoever's best faxed it. We covered those tracks too on the program. Sure. You know, one of the one of the things that kind of irritates me today is, you know, a lot of times you hear this track like, well, we don't want to talk about that track. Why? We're all in the same business. Yeah, you know, we are. All in the business of promoting racing. We should be working together. I agree. And, and that's and that's one of the biggest I, I think detractors since that era, is there's not a lot of people that really want to work together anymore no. to promote no. each other, and you know. Part of that is the rules though. Tracks
1: make it yeah. almost on purpose to make the rules different. So a hot shoe from wherever goes to track B,
2: they don't want them taking the purse money. Oh sure, and and that, purse money. And it's been going on since the yeah. 40s. But that, that oh, yeah. you can kinda of say that's talking about both sides of your mouth when it mouth when it came to Eastern Wisconsin because Eastern had such a unique mm-hmm. format with the modifieds, sportsman then limited layup model or you know hobby stock then in the super stock. They were very limited rules for those three divisions, which is why that they had 150 cars. Right. In, in the in the mid, you know, at the, at the end in the mid '90s, and then slowly. What well, was a blessing hit,
0: turned into a curse? No, a blessing Would yeah. that is a be curse because
2: then you kind of you kinda, they kind of pigeonholed themselves, and that kind of is what happened at the end of Let's Talk Eastern's run. Right. Is in '97 when Dad stopped announcing, I was working full time on the country station that the show was on. So he was actually on during my show. I was right. on from four to nine at night, and my Monday night show got interrupted for an hour, right. and I got demoted to producer again. Right, right. So, right. But this time, I loved it. <laughs> by that time, I'm already you know full blown into my radio career, and you know making I think what seven seventy five an hour probably <laughs> working eighty hours a week, eight days a week. I've been there. But, but, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. but you know the I took the show over that year and. When I started announcing at Plymouth in, in the 98 season because um, he wanted to go on you know on the road with my younger brother Rob and, and go race and go kart, oh, sure. so he was taking a step back and I was kind of stepping up and I've been filling in doing the B mains and C mains for the last couple of years and, sure um, you know kind of turn this into this is what I wanted to do and and I went on record telling him not to do the show sure don't you do did. the show so I kept he didn't listen did I he? didn't listen no what 19-year-old kid's going to listen to your dad, right? So, right. I mean, if that's a lesson for anything. Oh, but I took yeah. the show over and about seven weeks into the season promptly got myself fired from Eastern Wisconsin. <laughs> but the, the the story, you know, the Reader's Digest version is, is I basically brought in an IRA guest uh, and we talked about converting the modifieds into sprint cars. And if we didn't convert them into sprint cars... Somebody else would be promoting races at Plymouth. And 10 years later, the yeah. prophecy came true. But we'll talk about that. With later. that said, that will
0: be our next segment. So stay tuned.